Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Barry Rice. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. And Pete McDaddy Robertson. What's uh, up? Hello, hello, hello. I'm looking forward to today's show. I love having both my brothers on the show. That's this exciting. is awesome. The tricord in the house. Yeah. What are you guys up to? We got a fun show to talk about today. We do. It's one but of those. We get into that. What? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> what do you want to talk about today? Uh, do some traveling and i've been doing a lot of traveling we talk about travel a lot yeah speaking of well speaking of travel what why not this is a good opportunity for you to plug our trip next june oh yeah and we were talking about this in the footsteps of moses yes we were talking about it in show prep this morning i just got excited again i'm like man i want to i can't wait to go it's honestly it's more about taking my girls i am so excited for my girls to see the sea of galilee and jerusalem we're going where moses was i mean where he you know was brought up 40 years you know his first 40 years of life he was in egypt he went up and down the nile river we're gonna be there in a wicker basket right no but we'll be close to where that was and then we're also gonna follow his exodus so when he came back from remember he was in the desert for 40 years in the land of midian he comes back and he then takes the Israelites and he and he takes them out. He crosses the Reed Sea or the Red Sea, however you want to see it. And we're going to follow that path. We're going to go down into Sinai and then we're going to go where God spoke. I mean, right there in the mountain that we're going to climb is where God showed up. And, and the, you know, the burning bush was right in that area. Um, it's where God spoke to Moses. Remember when Moses was, um, when uh, God revealed himself to Moses and he hit him in the cliff of the rock, God's backside passed by Moses. We're going to go to that one area that they believe is where that happened. Um, we're also going to go to the area where Elijah came. Remember where he says he wasn't in this, in the storm. He wasn't in that, but he was in the still small voice that we're going to go to that location where Elijah was. Um, and then from there, we're going to, we're going to leave. So when Moses took the people into the promised land or towards the promised land, he would go up through Jordan. He would go follow Jordan all the way up through Petra. And then he would come back over into Mount Nebo, but we're going to go right where Mount Nebo is. That's where Moses was able to see the land. And, uh, and then we're going to go right there. And then we're going to cross back into Israel, uh, right there at the Dead Sea. And then we're going to do our Israel trip. Um, so yeah, it's just going to be an incredible trip. I mean, it's going to be a, a definitely one to remember for a lifetime. And the best part of that we're looking forward to is the Bible coming alive. And uh, we just can't wait to be able to just open up the word of God, just, you know, talk about what God is doing in this. And you know, it's, that's the exciting part. I don't know, Bear, what's your thoughts? I'm going to tell you, I, when you see the tomb, probably where Jesus was laid and it's empty and uh, man, it's just, it's so confirming of your faith. And another thing that we talked about this morning that I am pumped about is going to uh, the Red Sea and, and being able to see one of the chariots that they pulled <laughs> out of the bottom of the Red Sea. Come on, man. Well, I don't know if we, I don't know if we're going to see that, but we will see a chariot from that time because it was preserved in King Tut's tomb. Okay. So we'll actually, we'll see chariots for sure. Um, when we go to the museum there in Egypt, yeah, that would but be. But they fun. have they have seen chariots on the bottom of the Red Sea. I don't know. I don't know if we'll see that, but but they have seen it. Yeah, that yeah. that has been something yeah. they have found yeah. and seen. Yeah, I, yeah. I have. I have. It would be cool if we that. saw that. I'll we'll find out. 
we go, but that would be hey, amazing. If y'all see me jump in the water, don't <laughs> dive in down. This is different than the chariots of fire, right? That's what well, you yeah. mentioned. It's That's, not. It's, it's not the chariots of fire. Remember? <laughs> God bought the whirlwind of fire. Yeah. And they, a lot of them caught on fire. Yeah. It was the wall. Yep. So it could it's be the be awesome. of fire. Well, yep. if you want to learn more about this trip, you go to the riotpodcast.com, hit the banner, and uh, you can sign up. You There's a small deposit that needs to be just to hold your spot. Yep. And then you can go on this epic journey with us. It's, it's gonna, next it's June. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, June. Uh, do we have the 15th to the 20th? Middle, yeah, middle of June, 2024. All the details are on the, on the website. Going to be amazing. Just yep. go to the website. Everything's there. But, uh, yep, it's going to be fun. So what else is going on? We're kind of wrapping up the month of June already. Yep. Is that hard to believe? We're halfway through 2023. Yep. Is that insane? And we're going to kind of talk about what the hot topic is in the month of June, which is Pride Month. And so we're going to kind of just bring that to the forefront. Pride Month. Yeah. Pride come before the fall. Yeah. You know, what's really weird is talking about Pride Month because we know it's the the homosexual, the gay movement that's happening. And it's weird that they called it Pride, right? It's, it's I mean, it I is think. very weird. I think the origins come from like there are pride of, of lions or the, the pride or, I mean, you know, like a pack or something. I think that's kind of where it is. But, you know. Or proud of who you are Are proud of what they they stand for that's that's who they are so be proud of who you are maybe i don't know i don't know yeah an interesting choice of words though yeah i mean it's and for us as christians i mean it's it's really healthy for us to talk about it today and um and we want to give obviously a biblical perspective we want to come from how the, the bible sees everything that's happening today i mean there's there's so much happening where you know we're looking at bud light being you know, having a transgender, you know, obviously missing the mark and knowing their audience. We have Target that's, you know, p- pushing Pride Month and, and rainbows. We have, I mean, Cracker Bro, we know has been pushing it. We know that, um, you know, the gay parades and things that are happening. I mean, those have all been, you know, really blatantly just up front and, and just they're pushing it. And, at you know, there was a, an event at the White House and this transgender or girl, or I don't know what she was, she's taking off her shirt and on the White House lawn and, you know, showing her boobs and and uh, all of this stuff. But that's what we're seeing from a lot of this. I mean, when you go to, a, I've been to a few gay parades and um, vulgarity is is everywhere. You know, people dressed in nothing and the showing nudity and uh, there's just a, there's a carnality about it that's not, Holy. Now I know there's quite a few, you know, gays or homosexuals out there that are that claim to be Christians or followers of Christ, but I would hope that they are not, you know, following this carnality. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit more, but there's there's definitely a carnality. There's definitely an evil twist to this um, out there. I don't know. What's your guys' thoughts on all that? Well, you know, it does not matter what we say or how we feel. Uh, when you become a Christian, what matters is how God feels about it and what the word of God says about it. And that is a perspective we're coming from today. Uh, There's a lot of emotion that goes with this topic. A lot of different uh, feelings go with this topic, but it's, it's not about how we feel. It's about what has God said? And, and I want to just throw it out there at the beginning is that in the beginning, God had created man and woman. There was no other genders and he created marriage and he created wedding. He performed the first wedding 
And that's where we start. We don't start to, you know, well, what do you think about this? What it does not matter what we think. What matters is what God has said. And, and uh, that is the approach. And I believe uh, there is nothing more uh, targeted by evil today than this issue right now, because it's nothing but confusion surrounded by it. Um, Kids are, are confused. Even in my kids classes and school, there are are multiple genders identified. And I I don't understand that. I have a seven-year-old and a 11-year-old. People are very, very confused. So when, when people are confused, we need to bring the word of God that gives stability and gives foundation and gives uh, a direction and a uh, place to stand. And so, you know, we, we don't stand against anybody. No, We stand for God and his word. Yeah. I mean, again, we talked about this kind of in the prep it's God does not see gay people. He doesn't see if you're a homosexual. He doesn't see if you're a drug addict. He doesn't call you out like that. He, that's not God's agenda. God's agenda is he loves you. And, and, and God desires, regardless of what hangups or what sin or what you're dealing with, he doesn't identify you as that sin. God, God, God says, I, I want to be your father. I want to be your savior. I want to bring salvation to your life. I want to bring peace and hope and joy. I want to bring a life that's worthy of, of living as purpose and guidance. And so when God, Jesus looks at everybody, he does not identify them by what the world is identifying them by. And I think the the church today has been very, uh, there, you know, it's divided here. And, and what we're, the reason why we're even doing this show is because we want the church to understand that we don't accept sin. We don't accept, you know, certain practices, not in our own life, but in other people's lives. And we don't want to just follow the world system and say, it's okay. It's not okay. What if I am sinning in my own life, it's not okay. I, I need to be holy. I need to be repentant of my sins. And so because this is such a hot topic and, and Christians are still trying to figure out or deal with it, I thought it'd be best that we just all discuss it and we'll just talk. We'll just bring up some, you know, some some different topics here. We'll read through some statements and um and just have a fluid conversation about it. But more than anything else, this is not us saying, hey, we hate anybody. We we don't see it. The world is the one that's dim uh is given the definition of homosexuality, transgender, same-sex marriage. The world is the one that's bringing that up. The the body of Christ or Jesus himself is saying, you are a human being. I love you, period. And I desire to have fellowship with you. Mm-hmm. And I desire for you and I to, to love one another and to walk faithfully together. And, and I want to be your savior. And I want to, I want to help you in your life. That's what Jesus is saying. That's the way that we need to approach this. And so uh, we're not, there's no love, there's no hate here. I mean, we're just, we just want to be able to talk it openly and uh, let's just kind of work through this and let's just see where the discussion leads. But I think guys, that's a great way to just set this up. And it's just been so prevalent. I mean, here we are at the end of June and I mean, you know, you already gave a couple examples, but you can't go anywhere or go to any company website or anything. Everybody is yeah. just kind of jumped on board with this. In fact, I saw a picture of the White House that had the American flag, and then it had two, you know, rainbow flags, yeah. and one on each side, like blanketing, yeah. or, you know, not blanketing, that's not the right word, but, you know, like on both sides of the American flag. So, I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's You can't es- escape it. So for us to not even 
kind of mention it, it or talk about it. We, that, that, that's probably it's almost it. like a us against them kind of mentality. And it's like, you know, there's so many people, oh, I, I'm against it. And, and then you immediately are hating others and there's hate on both sides. And there's just a mess all over the place. And Jesus is in the middle of this and saying, this is chaos. Yeah, this no, is no, not no, of no, me. No, no. <laughs> this is not how I operate or respond to things. And so that's kind of where we're at. You have something to say? That's exactly where we want to take this today is, is we want to state the heart of God that as we see it yeah. from God's word. And um, you, you said it so well, Pete, God and Jesus loves everyone. God created everyone. And, uh, you know, a big part of my life, I thought God made a mistake with me, you know, not in my gender, but just that I was junk in my worth. Mm. And so many people deal with that question. Was I a mistake? Was what did God make a mistake with mm. me? And, and, and is there something that is going on? We're going to talk about all of that today. Right. And, yep. and God is, is, is. He's got, th he's got something to say about it. I so, think so. Yeah. I can't wait. This is going to be a great discussion. Well, awesome. Well, well Pete, gonna, would, why don't you open us up in prayer, Pete, and then uh, I'll, we'll get us just jump right into it. Lord, I just, again, just, uh, we love you, God. We praise you. And uh, Lord, we are, um, we just want to just share your love and your truth, uh, Lord, to every single person that we talk to. And, and more than anything else, Lord, we want to continually just repent of our sins. And we know that, uh, uh, there's so many things in our own life that um, are sometimes take us away from the very best uh, way. And uh, we know our flesh gets in. We know that there's times in our life that we think or do or act in a way that's not appropriate. And mm -hmm. and God, so first and foremost, we just repent and we just want to be uh, humbled and holy before you. And, and God, more than anything else, we know that uh, the topic that we're talking about is is a hot topic in the United States, in the world. And um, God, we're not we're not addressing this in a light manner at all, and we want to approach it uh, properly in, in in context with the Word of God says. And and more than anything else, Lord, we just pray that Your words and Your truth would be spoken. We pray that Your love and Your gentleness would be um, received, and Lord, that You would be glorified in this. And so, Lord, help us, Lord. So help the conversation to help open some eyes and help give context to. Uh, all the craziness that's going on uh, in this month. So in, in the world around us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Pete, that's so good. I think just even bringing up this topic, people's like blood pressure goes up. Yeah. Yeah. No matter, you know, yeah. how you feel about it. It's yeah. like everybody like yeah. you can see the walls, the de yeah. defensive walls go up. So yeah. I would ask everybody just, just take a <clears throat> deep breath. Yeah. It's going to be okay. And uh, you know, we're just hopefully going to share some, some truth from God's word today. Yep. So the topic and the title of today's show is just called Homosexuality, Transgender, and Same-Sex Marriage. And uh, today we're going to talk about this hot topic. Uh, and we've, we've been talking about it for the last 10 minutes or so and just saying, what man, what's going on? And uh, we just don't want to ignore it. So uh, this whole gay pride movement thing. So in the U.S., the month of June has been deemed Pride Month. So I don't know when this started, Pete, but we've been hearing this for a long time. I don't, Barry, you, I have no idea. It's been, it just seems like it kind of just came yeah. up. I, I was trying to do a little research and I think it maybe kind of started like 1969 in New yeah. York. Um, it's just progressively gotten more yeah, and more. It's just kind of like yeah. snowballed. Yeah. So we know that many Christians have questions about this, like how should Christians respond and what we make and what we make of being bombarded by this lifestyle. Let's first start by giving context to the lifestyle of being homosexual. In some people's minds, being homosexual is as much an 
much it, outside. is as much outside one's control as the color of your skin, color of your eyes, your height. Uh, on the other hand, the Bible clearly and consistently declares that homosexuality, uh, that activity is a sin. You can see um, it, you many can see verses, in, right? But I'll, I'll, here's a few yeah. Genesis 19, 1 through 13, uh, Leviticus 18 and 20, Romans 1. Um, and don't stop. If you read Romans 1, keep reading to Romans 2. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 1 Timothy 1, 10. So this disconnect leads to a lot of controversy and debate and even hostility. Yeah, so when examining what the Bible says about homosexuality, it's important to distinguish between homosexual behavior and homosexual inclinations or attractions. Um, it's the difference between active sin and the passive condition of being tempted. Homosexual behavior is sinful. The Bible never says it is a sin to be tempted. We have to understand the differences. So there's, you know, there's there's the temptation for me to want to look at pornography is real, but for me to give into it is where it's a sin. Um, so to to have a temptation for the same sex or to to think a, a guy's acute or a girl's, you know, if you're the same sex, I mean, that is, that's kind of normal in our life. I mean, temptations are everywhere. So that that's not a sin, but simply stated a struggle with temptation may lead to sin, but the struggle itself we have to understand is not Romans 1, 26, 27 teaches us that homosexuality is a result of denying and disobeying God. When people continue in sin and unbelief, God gives them over to even more wicked and deprived sin to show them the futility and the hopelessness of life apart from God. One of the fruits of rebellion against God is homosexuality. It's, it's the reality of the truth here. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 proclaims that those who practice homosexuality and therefore transgress God's created order are not saved. So, a person may be born with a greater susceptibility to homosexuality, just as some people are born with a tendency to violence and other sins. We know that. That does not excuse the person's choosing to sin by giving in to sinful desires. Just because a person is born with a greater susceptibility to fits of rage doesn't make it right for him or her to give in to those desires and explode at every provocation. The same is true with the susceptibility into homosexuality. No matter our proclivities or attractions, okay, we cannot continue to define ourselves by the very sins that crucified Jesus, and at the same time assume we are right with God. Paul lists many of the sins that the Corinthians once practiced. Homosexuality is on the list, but in 1 Corinthians 6.11, he reminds them that is what some of you were, but you were washed. You were sanctified. Amen. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the Spirit of our God, emphasis added, in other words, some of the Corinthians, before they were saved, lived in homosexual lifestyles. But no sin is too great for the cleansing power of Jesus. Once cleansed, we are no longer defined by sin. So I know that was a big opening uh, to what we were saying, but that kind of gives us context of what the Bible is saying and so we, we define what homosexuality is. We define it according to the word of God. We define it by the, the, the temptations that is there and what sin looks like. But I don't know, any thoughts to kind of that opening there? Yeah. And you, you said it clearly that homosexuality is sin. But I want to make this point as well. I, I don't want to just say that homosexuality is sin. I want to say that all sex outside of the marriage commitment is sin. 
So, so uh, any form of lust is sin. Any form of sex outside a marriage is sin. And it offends a holy God. It's what crucified Christ. And I just, just wanted to make that clear that the sin uh, of, of adultery is as bad and as separating from God as the sin of homosexuality. All sin that separates us from God, and that's the problem. I think that's a really good point. I think it's so easy to point out other people's sin, right? And like, oh, that's, that's terrible when, you know, we all struggle with something, right? Yeah, that's really good. Anything else on that, Pete? Before we jump into uh, the statement. Yeah, no, that's that was great. I was just looking up something <laughs> as he was talking, but yes, absolutely. All right. So All right. the first statement is this: the temptation to engage in homosexual behavior is very real to many people. Those who struggle with homosexual attraction often report suffering through years of wishing things were different. People may not always be able to control how or what they feel, but they can control what they do with those feelings. Yeah, I mean, you have self-control. So we all have the responsibility to resist temptation. Ephesians 6.13 gives that context, right? We must all be transformed by the renewal of our minds. We know that according to Romans 12.2. We must all walk by the Spirit so as not to gratify the desires of the flesh. We know that by Galatians 5.15. So what are we saying? Um, in the world, we have uh, the opportunity to do what we please. Okay. We can, we can, based off of our feelings, we have free will. We, have free will. Exactly. we can do whatever yeah. it is. But as Romans says, and Paul says that not all things are beneficial. Not all things are good. Not all things are helpful. Not all things are the very best thing to do. And so the context is what the Bible is saying is that if we want to be holy or set apart or be a child of God and and filled with all goodness, filled with righteousness, filled with the love of God, filled with hope and peace and joy, and all of the all of the attributes that God offers. If we want to have that in our life, then there's going to be things in our life that are going to be different. So we have to be self-controlled. We have to put boundaries up. We have to lean not on our own understanding, but trust and acknowledge God in all of these things. And so with any sin, I don't care if it's homosexuality, I don't care what it is. If I'm indulging in that sin and not putting these barriers up or these boundaries up or leaning on, on the Holy Spirit to strengthen me to get me through that, I am separating myself from God. I'm separating myself from a holy God in that action of sin. God cannot have any part of sin. But when I repent of my sin and I turn from my sin and I seek God, I then enter in again fellowship with Christ because because God's God Jesus when he died on the cross and rose again on the third day that that saved me once and for all from all sin from there but I cannot have fellowship and practice sin I can't right so that's kind of what we're talking about with homosexuality we're saying it is a practice sin and it's and it's separating yourself from having that deep intimacy and relationship with Christ right you know one of the things that's on my heart right now, Pete, it, I made this point in my sermon Sunday, we're going through the book of James and, and James is saying faith without works is dead. Yeah. And I was preaching on that. And, you know, here, here is one of the points that need to be made. If, if you do not have Jesus Christ, you must understand you are fallen, separated from God and our world has has given you over 
to a sin nature. This falling uh, state of our world has given every man a sin nature. And we, if, if you don't mind me saying, it is a depraved nature. Mm. And we seek things that are, uh, how do we make our choices? What are we a slave to? And, and I want to explain that my desires, I'm a slave to my passions. I'm a slave to my desires. And I don't believe without the spirit of God, I am a slave to my flesh and I, I cannot make the right choices. I, I fall into sin and, and I got this constant struggle. I have some self-control, but I still make these, these, uh, poor decisions. It is only the, the regenerative, uh, the regenerated, uh, spirit of God living inside an individual can help them say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And so what, what Pete is talking about is that we have this choice of behavior that we can make, but, but we also need the spirit of God to make the right choice. And we live in a fallen world. That's why we're in this problem. Yeah. It's, it, it started back in the garden where we live in a world that's depraved, that is separated from God, that isn't holy. Yeah. And, and when, when we go with the flow of the world and allow people who do not have the spirit of God to make decisions and make rules and, and, and um, give, give direction to culture, it's going to go in a depraved way. Yeah. And talking about the depravity, I mean, it's like, how do I know if something's of God? If, if, if you witness something or you see something that's filled with gentleness, kindness, love, uh, the fruit of the spirit, if you see that and witness that, you can pretty much say, hey, that looks like it's of God, right? Because it's the love of God that, that leads people to, to repentance, right? It's, you can see that. But if you see carnality and you see things that are vulgar and you see something that is just gross, Common sense should tell you that maybe that's not of God, because nowhere in the Bible does it say that. We would never celebrate that as a Christian. We would never be okay with that. You know, one of the things you were saying, Pete, you, I've never gone to a, a uh, pride parade, yeah. but I've gone to Disney during June and, yeah. and didn't know what was going on and couldn't understand it, but then found out it was yeah. that that situation. And that's how my family was introduced to it. But But the... When you see the uh, the physical outpouring of the body just not just being revealed, yeah, and the way people dress, that's not of God. No, because God wants us to cover our body. God wants us to be modest. God wants us th- that that this is a holy thing. Your body is a holy thing, and the way you treat it matters to God. And 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 I always ask, well, how did they get to this point? I mean, how did how did this get so out of control? And I, and I, and I believe it goes back to Ephesians six, where, where, you know, Paul is talking about the belt of truth. And when you understand the concept of the belt of truth, that it's, it's, it's saying that I believe the word of God is true and I'm settled with it in my heart. And, and when I can say, when I read the word of God, I'm not trying to justify my stance. I'm not trying to justify what I want to do and make the Bible fit my desires, my flesh. And when someone is not settled in their heart that the Bible is true, that it's the infallible word of God, that it's God breathed, as the Bible says, then they are going to have problems with it and they're going to fight it and they're going to justify their actions. They're going to justify why they're doing certain things. 
that's just not the homosexual movement. That's every movement that's of sin. That's everything that we do. I know in my own life, I've justified my sin. I can tell you countless stories of when I've done that. And, and I wanted to justify why I was doing something. And then I would take the Bible out of context <laughs> and I wouldn't be settled with it in my spirit as true. And that's where I got in trouble. So if we get into that position, you're walking on quicksand. You're walking in a very dangerous land. If you're justifying your actions or anything that you do, you're not settled with Ephesians 6 and the belt of truth. You're not settled in your heart and your spirit that the word of God is final. And, and that is a dangerous, dangerous slope. You have to read and understand that what God says in the word of God, we accept it as true and we live it and we, and we do it. And once you do, what happens is your life is transformed. Once you do, you become a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Once you do, you no longer intimidated to talk about homosexual to the world. You're no longer intimidated to talk about sin. You're no longer intimidated by rocket science or people that are really smart and all this stuff. There's no intimidation in you because you have the solid word of God in your heart. You have the truth. The plumb line. You have the plumb line and right. everything changes from there. Hmm. Man, I've got so much to say, but I'm going to take us off on a tangent if I do. Um, <laughs> just a couple comments real quick. You said something in your opening that uh, you know if people participate in sin. God will hand, let them kind of let them go, yeah, right? He's yeah. going to, you know, we have free will. Yeah. Barry, you said that, right? Yeah. And so we have free will and we'll go. It reminded me of the story of the prodigal son. He's like, mm -hmm. you know, he went away. God let him do his, you know, yeah. do what he was going to do, but bring him back. But something Barry said kind of just like a light bulb went off for me. You know, we're really, we're talking about two different kinds of people. Yeah. You have, you have people that just don't, for lack don't know, of word, don't, don't know any better. Don't know any better. Yeah. They don't have the spirit of God living. They don't have the them. power to say no. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what else would you expect? Yeah. I mean, they're, of course. Going, they're going to live the way yeah. you know, of the flesh because they yeah. don't know any other way. And then there's people that, that do have the Holy spirit that are, they are part of the family of God and still choose to kind of follow the world's way at times, you know, and it's not going to go well for them either. Yeah. But you know, so there's two, there's two different kind of two different. You know what the people. difference is? Yeah. One has conviction, yes, and the other one doesn't. Yeah, there is a guilt and a shame that the Spirit of God gives the believer, and uh, they have to. They have the power to choose no and to not do it. But the the uh, the person who who doesn't have the Spirit of God, they are a slave to. So I again, so let's. I mean, this is a great discussion. Let's look at this in context. The. Jesus, or God said, you know, in Ephesians 11, he's talking about the Tower of Babel. He, he turned the world over to their sin. He, he, he turned his back on the world. Deuteronomy 32, 8, 9 is very clear there. He gave them over to their own inheritance. And then in Genesis 12, he then talks about calling man out of Abraham, out of the land of Canaan, and he called and he set up a nation and he said, I'm going to be their God and so forth. Okay, we know that. Jesus came to the earth and did what he did, lived the perfect life, so that he can then now reclaim the title deed. We know that in Revelations, who is worthy of the title deed. Jesus claimed the title deed of the world, okay? He took back all of that, but it left the remnants of the world. The world is still the world. The world system is still going. The Babylonian system, we've talked about that. That is still happening now. The world does not know God. He does not know light. The world it has is been not given redeemed, order. right? There's not there. But then the Bible says in context, and Paul said this, he goes, how would they not know the word of God or the truth of the light if they're not told? And so how are they told? 
They're told by love. They're told by the kindness. They're told by servants like ourselves. And we're sharing the truth of God with them to help them see that there is a difference. You do have a choice. You can continue down the path of sin and destruction and continue down this, or you can choose to, to, to live a life of peace and freedom apart from the bondages of sin. And we're giving people a choice. The reason why we're talking about this is because we want the body of Christ to understand that is what's happening. It's a spiritual battle. That's right. Don't get that wrong. We do not battle against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual battle that is taking place in the world, and we love people. And we want people to come to Christ. And so if you're gay, if you're not gay, you're straight, you're not straight. If you're in sin, not in sin, I don't care. I love you, period. And I desire that you have an intimate relationship with Jesus. I'm sharing these truths with you so that you can have a choice. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. But yeah, it's, it's not loving to stay quiet. Amen. If we, if we don't know the truth and we don't live the truth, you, I, I hate to say this, but I have to. Uh, some of the reasons why uh, people who have made the choice to be gay are gay because of the marriage their mother and father had. Yeah. And a lot of times these marriages were people who proclaimed to be Christians and they didn't have the fruit of the spirit in their life. They didn't have the love of God in their life. And they just said, well, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want it. Yeah. And, and I'm saying this because our kids are, are making these choices. It's, it's the youth of our nation that are making these choices. And there's a reason why it's because they don't see the hope within us. Yeah. Let's, let's call it out. Yeah, let's true. take responsibility. Yeah. Our marriages have got to change. Yeah. Our, our uh, walk with God has got to change. And, and for us to just pretend that it doesn't exist yeah. and not say anything, it is a loving thing to say, you're walking down a road that you are going to be attacked by a tiger and it's going to kill you. Don't go down that road. Right. True. It's, it's, it's a loving thing to say yeah. there's a pitfall. There's, there's a bank over this, this edge here and you're going to die. You're going to fall to your death. And if we don't tell them we are not loving, we're not kind and we're not godly. Yeah. And, and some people have, um, another reason why they choose this lifestyle or they're choosing is because they've been molested as kids. Yeah. Um, they've had bad relationships. Yep, they've been hurt. Um, uh, not only that, the, there's been so much legalism and religion in church that's hurt them and it's caused them to rebel. All of this is true. And what Barry was just saying is it's, it really, we have to look in the mirror ourselves. We do. And we are the one that need to repent. If you're a follower of Christ, it's, it, the, the, it's on us. And, and, and truthfully, what we need to do, and I, I, we need to just get this out there before I forget. Christian, if you are a follower of Christ and you have a stone in your hand and you're throwing them at the, the, the gay community and all this stuff, you need to put that stone down. Uh, repent. Amen. Immediately. And, and you need to get right with the Lord and surrender to the Lord. Because if, you're not, if your heart is not broken for this community or anybody in sin, then I would say that your relationship with the Lord is probably not as good as it should be. And there's probably legalism in your mind and there's probably a... Uh, bitterness there. There's probably anger and hate there. And, and that is not of God. And, and we should be broken for those that are, are searching for, for truth and answers. And we should be, I mean, Jesus, I mean, sitting there on the cross looks down and he, these guys are killing him. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They are in the world. They are blind to the spiritual truth and we should know better. We should humble ourselves and serve and love them as Christ loved us. 
And it's, it's hard for people because they just want to throw a stone. We need to repent Amen. and we need Amen. to change as a, as a people, as a nation, as a, as a church. So, yeah. Well, great discussion. I'm going to try to pull us back a little bit. All right. <laughs> and that was my fault, but quick question. So is same sex attraction a sin? I know we kind of talked about this a little bit, but maybe dive a little bit deeper and let's, share some Bible verses with that as well. Well, here, let's do this. I'll just give it a quick discussion so we can keep it going, but we've kind of already talked about it. But in Matthew 5, 27, 28, Jesus equates lust with adultery. This establishes a biblical principle. If it is a sin to do something, it is also a sin to desire or lust after to do that something. The Bible clearly states that homosexuality is a sin. We know that. We gave the Bible context through that. Therefore, it is also sinful to desire or lust after to commit sexual homosexual acts. Does this mean that same-sex attraction is a sin? To answer this, we must distinguish between active sin and passive condition of being tempted. It is not a sin That's to be good, tempted. Jesus. Jesus was tempted, yet he sinned not. Hebrew, Matthew 4.1, Hebrews 4.15 says, Eve was tempted in the garden, and she definitely found the forbidden fruit to be appealing. But it seems that she did not actually sin until she took the fruit and ate it. A struggle with temptation may lead to sin once acted on, but the struggle is not a sin itself. So we have to be very careful with that. There, people struggle with sin every single day. And we talked about it at the beginning. Pastors struggle with pornography, all of them. There's like 85% of the pastors in the congregations are struggling with sin, according to statistics, of pornography. But not all of them are actively engaging in the pornography. They're not actively engaging in having adultery. Maybe there's a high percentage of them, but we have to understand the difference. There's there's the temptation of, and then the actual doing. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, it, one of the things that I use to differentiate to to see a woman uh, and think she's attractive and think she's pretty and to be attracted to her is is one thing, but then to desire allow the desire to manifest and allow, you know, uh, my coaches that were Christian would say, boys, you get the first look, but you don't get the second, mm -hmm. you know, it's, <laughs> it's the meditating on it, I think is a good word to use when you're thinking on it and you're allowing that, that, that attraction or that thought to, to take root. That's when it becomes sin. God mm -hmm. created beauty for us to enjoy. We enjoy the beauty. I enjoy beautiful women. I enjoy beautiful men. I enjoy the beauty that God has given us. But it's not okay for me to lust after that woman. It's not okay for me to want to see her naked. It's not okay for me to want to uh, flirt with that girl, want to take it to another level with that girl, to get the number to that girl, Attention. whatever yeah. it is. It's not okay. But if I see a beautiful woman, I have no problem saying, wow, God, you created a very beautiful woman. I have no problem with that. But I know my heart. And if my heart, though, was not right, mm -hmm. it would be shame for you to say that woman is beautiful because you have the temptation that you've given into and you've failed time and time and time again. I would not say that woman's beautiful. I would do what Job says. I would bounce my eyes immediately. I would say no in the name of Jesus. I would turn from yeah, that and not yeah. even engage in that. So we have to be very careful and know ourselves. It's like, I can go into a bar anytime I want. I have no problem with that. I would never get drunk ever. But there's some people that temptation would not be good. It would be unwise for you to go into that bar because right. the temptation would then lead to sin. You know, one of the things that I, I have learned when I start to think I want, 
that those two words yeah, I amen. want and I des- that desire, amen. I must crucify that. Amen. I must turn my back on that. Amen. And like you said, in Jesus name, no. Yep. And that's where it becomes sin for me. I'm telling you guys, we've said this on the show many times. If you say no out loud in the name of Jesus, it is powerful. It works. It works. Just say no. My wife might be looking at me like, what do you say no about? It says, oh, there. you know, I mean, whatever it is, it just say no out loud. I'm telling you, bounce the eyes, turn it. It's good. It works. Yeah. All right. Next one. What does the Bible say about gay marriage? Oh, Lord. <laughs> what verse was that? all right well the bible doesn't address homosexuality why it does address homosexuality it does not explicitly mention gay marriage or same sex marriage we have to understand that it doesn't actually say it out in there but because it doesn't mention it directly the context of marriage in the bible every mention of marriage in the bible refers to a union of male and female nowhere does it say that marriage is between a male and male or female and female? So the we Bible can't say does that. define marriage. It, I mean, the context from Genesis to Revelation is marriage is between a male and a female. The first mention of marriage in Genesis 2.25 describes it as a man leaving his parents and being united to his wife. In passages that contain instructions regarding marriages, such as 1 Corinthians 7, 2 through 16, Ephesians 5, 23 through 33, the Bible clearly identifies marriage as being between a man and a woman. Biblically speaking, marriage is the lifetime union of a man and a woman, primarily for the purpose of building a family and providing a stable environment for that family. That's the context that we see it. There's no way other way around it. So to, to, be, to say as a Christian, I'm okay with gay marriage, it's not biblically right. You're, right. You're, you're out of context. You're justifying a stance that we believe is shared with the Bible. You know, someone asked me, well, could I go to, a, as a Christian, could I go to a gay marriage? I have problems with this, okay? So for me personally, I could go to a gay marriage or to a gay wedding and have no problem with it, okay? Majority of the Christians could not be that. Here's my, here's my context behind it. I know why I'm going to that gay marriage, that family. I know my purpose. I have a purpose, and that is to speak truth of God. That is to love people. That is to point them to Christ. I have only one thing, the reason why I'm there. Right. But a lot of Christians today will say, well, I could go to gay marriage. It's not a big deal. And I'm not saying that I agree with them. And I'm not saying I supported all this stuff. But I go, yeah, but you're really don't, you're not going there with the right mindset. You're not going there with one objective. I could put myself in that position because all I see is how am I loving them and how am I pointing people to Christ? I'm using this opportunity as the platform to be able to do that because a lot of Christians don't do that. I can do that. Some can't. And so we have to be very careful with that. So that question, anyways, go back to gay marriage. I don't just went off tangent a little bit. Yeah. Here, I'll make a statement here, Bob. I could not, as a, a man of God, a, a uh, pastor, I could not perform a marriage. No. The same sex. No way. I could never do that. No I way. would not. And, no. and uh, I would no. really call, say, uh, man, it, it would be a shame if any pastor would. Yeah. And it, it would be breaking the heart of God, because when you look at God looking at Adam and said, he is not complete, he is undone. God created something to meet the need of man, to complete man. And what did God create? He, that was when a woman was created and he took from man to create that woman. And so they become two. The two become one flesh. There is no place 
in scripture where it's ever mentioned in the context other than sin for any homosexual activity, any man and man, woman and woman, God created marriage. He performed the first wedding and it was one man for one woman for one lifetime. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if I'm a pastor and I'm counseling somebody and they come to me and says, oh yeah, we both have, uh, outside, you know, partners outside of this marriage, you know, we have an open marriage and, but we want to get married. I would look at them and say, well, that is not of God. I mean, you, that God would not ordain that it's between a man and a woman It's you, this, the best things is to come. And then I would not go forward and marry them. The same thing goes with the gay marriage part. It's, it's in context, the way that we see and understand the Bible in context, they know he's a loving God, but sin means that it's not the very best choice. It's not going to get the very best fruit. It's not going to give us fellowship with God. So that's why God gives us all of these standards and all of these things so that we know how to live a holy life that's pleasing, but righteous and filled with the goodness of God. Gay marriage doesn't help that. You can't procreate in gay marriage. You would have to do artificial inseminate. You would have to do something different. You can't. Um, it's not the best. The psychology says that it's not the very best thing for a man and a mammon to raise a kid. It's better to have a man and a woman to raise a kid. We both have different ways of doing that. It's the very best. Um, it, it, it takes away from confusion. So we can go on and on and on and talk about why marriage between is not identified in the Bible. So we have to understand the context of the Bible is, and we support, is that it's between a man and a woman. That's where we stand. That's how we see the Bible. You can argue us however you want. I think we've given enough yeah. understanding and context to this to, to help do that. If, if the mindset of the reason why two men or two women are getting married is because uh, sex outside of marriage is, is sin, uh, to get married doesn't still make that, doesn't make that right. right. And I, I think sometimes that's the context of why they're getting married or they're getting married because they want the affirmation of, yeah. of people yeah. saying it's okay to be together. It's okay. in in taking, this is my partner. You know, where did that statement come from? Well, this is my partner. I don't know where that statement came from. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, maybe that's the the easier way to describe it. I don't know. But I mean, it's just weird. I had I met uh, two lesbian ladies the other day and she's like, oh, my wife. And the other one was, oh, my wife. And I was like, it just sounded weird. You know, my wife, my wife. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess the partner sounds better than my wife, my wife. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're, there is no place in, in nature that this happens. Yeah. You know, that's another thing. Yeah. You know, we have nature as a testimony that, you know, we we're not only acting like animals sometimes we're acting you know more like uh that's kind of where the psychology takes that yeah is it's talking about the animal world yeah and so when they actually do the study on it you know the science huh? yeah well you know something i've noticed that maybe a big change over the last it seems like recent years um it, june used to be you know the gay pride month but yeah. now there's this thing called transgenderism oh, yeah. you're hearing a lot about and I was just wondering, you know, what does the Bible say about trans transgenderism? And can you kind of give us some context on that or definition of that? Maybe some of our listeners are like, you know, that's a new term for them. Yeah. To me, this seems like this has been becoming really prevalent in the last few years. So the actual definition of it is transsexualism. Okay. So transsexual, also known as transgenderism. We have to understand that. So gender identity disorder, GID, that's the actual 
scientific um, definition of it. Yeah. Diagnosis. It's a it's a gender dysphoria. It's a feeling that your biological, genetic, psychological gender does not match the gender you are identified with or perceive yourself to be. The transsexuals or transgenders often describe themselves as feeling trapped in a body that does not match their true gender. They often practice transvestisms or transvestisms. Uh, I probably said that wrong and may not seek hormone therapy or gender reassignment surgery to bring their bodies into conformity with their perceived gender. So, yeah. So what does the Bible say about it? Um, it doesn't say anything about it. I mean, the Bible nowhere explicitly mentions transgenderism or describes anyone as having transgender feelings. However, the Bible has plenty to say about human sexuality. The most basic to our understanding of gender is that God created two and only two genders. We know that because the Bible is clear in that. Uh, male and female, he created them, Genesis 127. So all the modern day speculation about numerous genders or gender fluidity or even a gender continuum is unlimited genders is foreign to the Bible. All right? Is that how we see it? So, it is. Yeah. Well, you hear, so during the pandemic, we kept hearing, you know, follow the science, follow the science. And I mean, we, there's two choices in our DNA, right? You either have two X chromosomes or you have an X and a Y chromosome. It's, that's it. Those are the only two options. So I don't know this, this part, this part is confusing to me. And, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to give some comments on this myself. And, you know, if, if um, the, our enemy really wants to kill, steal and destroy one of the one of their biggest lies employs is that you don't fit in. Yeah, that nobody loves you. Mm. It, you know, uh, when when uh, people commit suicide, they have believed the ultimate lie that my, this world would be better without me. Yeah, and so I, I want to say that this is a ploy of the enemy yeah, yeah. to to separate hurting people who are struggling and to make them feel like they're, they're they are a mistake and they're unloved and they're unfitting and they don't fit in and they don't have a place. And I want, mm -hmm. if anybody were to hear that, that's a lie from hell Yeah. and Satan hates you and you cannot believe that lie. And that stands against everything that God says about your value as a person that, that none of us are the same. None of us. Yeah. We're all created special, unique, but there's only two genders. Yeah. I, 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 I've said this many times. I, I believe that there are men that have a lot of feminine qualities. Um, I've, I've shaken hands of, of men that their hands are felt like a woman. They would shake me like a man. They're fully man, but they're, they, they had feminine qualities. Um, they would be very emotional like a, a woman. They would um, desire to do women things, um, and, and so on. And, and I believe that the world system has made them believe that they are not man, but they are woman. And, um, over the last, you know, 20, 30 years, point. yeah, they would, they started to, and, and that would be the same with the church. The church would then say, oh, you need to man up and not make that, not feel that way, not be like that. And the body, I mean, Jesus, you know, Paul says in First Corinthians, talking about the, the body of Christ, what it is, we all have a part in this. And if God has created a female to have manly characteristics or a male to have female characteristics, there is definitely a reason for that. 
And, and the church needs to understand that and realize that they have a place within the body of Christ. And, and sure, you might have a guy, a guy that, that has feminine you know, things hanging out with the women in the, in the crochet club or whatever and so forth. And, and I think the body of Christ at one point is, oh, you can't be doing that. You, you know, you need to go do this. You got to do box, this. Right? But, but there's a reason for that. They, they will have strengths that some women won't, or they will have abilities that some women won't because they're a man. Right. But they might have feminine talents. Same thing with a female. They're, they will have certain traits that a man won't have, but they have the qualities of, of manly stuff. So, that's kind of what happened. And so this, the world system is now telling them, no, if you have women, you know, female, you know, whatever, you have to do the female, you have to change yourself, you have to act like this, you have to come out like this in the male. And I think that's kind of where this all came. But I think it started with the church, honestly. I think the church is the reason why a lot of this is screwed up is because of what the church has been saying for so many years. That's absolutely, you know, it, it's the sin of the church. It's a sin of the world. It's a depraved world that we live in. And we've got to, always hook back to the original intent of God and the, what God created us to be. Yeah. Okay, so, good. One next statement. What about the possibility that those suffering with transgenderism have a brain that functions as one gender while the rest of the body is biologically. Yeah, it's the it's other kind gender? of like what I was just talking about. Yeah. The, the Bible does not even hint at such a possibility. However, neither does the Bible mention uh, Hermaphroditisms, a condition in which a person has both male and female sexual organs, which undeniably occurs, although extremely rarely. Further, people can be born with, with or develop all kinds of different brain defects or malfunctions. So a lot of times, and the reason why we even bring this up is because that's, again, a justification. So people ask, you know, well, I was born this way, or this is the way that I feel from the very beginning. Since I've been youth, I've been attracted to men, or since I've been youth, I've been attracted to women, or or whatever it is, or I've always felt like a female, even though I'm a male. I've always been that way, and so forth. And so, again, it's a justification. In their minds, they made themselves believe that this is why I am the way I, that I am. And the world system is saying, yeah, that's right. That's how you do it. But God is saying, no, you're a child of God. I desire intimacy and relationship with you. I desire to use your gifts and your skill sets as you are. I want you to come as you are. I want you to express yourself the way that I created you to express yourself. I have a purpose for you. And that's the key. But I made you with a penis or I made you with a vagina. I'm just going to say it out there. I made you that way for a reason. I put those organs in you for a reason. I've given you that purpose for a reason. I want to use you. Now, I don't understand that whole, the, the, the sexual organs where they're crossed, where they have both penis and vagina, I guess, when they're born and so forth. I haven't studied that. I haven't looked into that. I do know it's rare. Um, and how do you identify for that? Well, I would just say that you would identify based off of your, how you feel in that moment, I guess. I mean, I don't know how that is. I mean, if you start growing hair on your chest and thing, I would say, well, you have more male hormones in you, right? I, I mean, you start growing boobs, you start growing certain things that are different. I would say, well, you probably have more female. I don't know. I don't, I can't speak to that because I don't know. It has to be a DNA yeah. issue yeah. question that yeah. we could answer through yeah. DNA, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that's probably what it is. That's, but I mean, I, we can't answer that, but I do know what we're talking about is, you know, how we choose to, to serve what is. If you have female, feminine, and you're male, then by all means, God's going to use you and bless you, and God's going God's to anoint you and, and do it, but use it for his glory. 
Use your gifts, use your talents, use how it is for your glory. Don't feel that you have to change your identity. Christ sees you as you are and loves you as you are. And so that's our take on that. Well, here, we just read the last statement and then we can close up. I know we're running a little long. Um, no matter if the gender dist distortion has a genetic, hormonal, psychological, uh, psychological, yeah, <laughs> easy right? for me you to say. Hard word. <laughs> yeah, easy for me to say. It can be, well, Pete had to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't even yeah. say it. Uh, it. Regardless of the cause, it can be overcome and healed through faith in Christ and continued reliance on the power of the Holy Spirit. There's the key. Healing can be received. Sin can be overcome, and the, and lives can be changed to the salvation that Jesus provides. Even if there are biological or, or psychological factors, we know that Jesus, in, in Jesus, all things are made new. Yeah, I mean, the truth of the matter is, I, I have psychological damage from my childhood days. I've had to work through it. Um, I've had, I've had, I've been indoctrinated with sexual sin and, and so forth as a kid that I've had to unlearn and work through. I've been, uh, you know, verbally, you know, abused in life and so forth that I've had to work through. Uh, I've had lies told about me and, and said about me that I've had to work through. And um, uh, at some points in all of that journey of my life, uh, I did believe some of these things that have been said. I did accept them as truth or reality in my own life. But the truth, fast forward, is that Jesus got a hold of me. Jesus told me the truth about my life. And Jesus transformed my life. Right. And I look back of all of these lies, all of these things that have tried to deceive me, the world system and other people and, and how I felt and all of this stuff. And God has put me on a path that has hope, that is filled with goodness and love. And, and I know that I've been changed. And it's because of Jesus. And because I have known I have been changed. Because my mind and my heart are filled with something that is completely supernatural. I and my being cannot stop talking about it. Yeah. All I want is people to know this loving Savior that I met that I know personally. And I know there's so many people out there that are struggling right now. There's so many people that have so many unanswered truths in their own life, or they've been lied to by the world, or they've been lied to by people. They've been lied to by so many things. And I'm telling you, Jesus is your answer. And he is real, and he is alive, and he desires to transform your lives, and he desires to bring hope, goodness, and love. Barry, could you talk to those people? and help them have that opportunity to give their life to the Lord today. I appreciate the privilege of sharing with you. And uh, you may be listening to this podcast and you feel like you are a mess and that there's nowhere for you to belong. And I want you to know that God created you. He loves you. And there is a place for you to belong in his family. I know you have a lot of questions. I know you, you may have believed a lot of lies and, and struggle so much, but I want you to know God cares. God does. And ultimately, this world is going to destroy you, going to come to an end. And if we continue on the passion of being identified by this world and the things of this world and not 
the original creator of the world and you, you're going to wreck. And we love you enough to ask you, come be a part of our family. Come receive Jesus Christ and allow him and his spirit to help you. Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would be with these dear people who are listening to this podcast. And Lord, I pray that you would help them to see the love and feel the truth that's being spoken, that they're not a mistake. They're, they are messed up because we are all messed up. We are sin-stained people, myself especially included. And so, God, I just pray that you would help them come to know you. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you want to come to God, he has given his son on the cross to die, to be beaten, to be bruised, to be cursed, to be horrified what he went through because he loved you that much. And I just ask you to pray this prayer. Dear God, I surrender to your will and your way in my life. And I am a sinner. I, I, I have chosen a way outside of your plan for me, and I just want to say I'm sorry. And I want to ask you to forgive. And I, I need help believing my worth and believing my purpose. And I need help looking into the cross as my worth and my purpose. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe that he died and he was buried. I believe that he rose again the third day that he is alive, that God did not allow him to stay in the, the tomb. He is alive. He is resurrected. The power over death, the power over this world, the power over sin, the power over Satan. And so because I believe in Jesus, I want to know you. I want you to come into my life. I want to understand what a relationship with you means. So I ask that you would save me now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did make that prayer, we would love to hear from you. Um, all the Bible says that all the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. and We celebrate with you and uh, God is so good and he loves you so deeply. And if you just log on to the riotpodcast.com, you can uh, go to the no God section, click on that, go down to the bottom and just say, yeah, I have accepted my life, give my life to the Lord and just fill that out. And we would love to get in contact with you and help get you started in your, your journey, send you some things and get you pointed to the right church. If you're not a part of a church now and, um, Bob, how else could they get a hold of us and, and talk with us? Yeah, as always, we have uh, we're, we're located all the social media sites. You can go to Facebook, you can go to Twitter, you can go to uh, YouTube. In fact, if you haven't watched, had an opportunity to watch the podcast, you can do that on on YouTube. Just go to the Riot Podcast, and uh, as always, click the subscribe button and share share the show with somebody that uh, yeah. you think could just benefit from here. Absolutely. So, God will use the Holy Spirit to put somebody on your heart to, to, to who you should share it with. So just be obedient and do that. We'd really appreciate it. It helps us get the word out to 
other people as well. So guys, great show. I know it's a tough topic. I don't know. I was a little apprehensive about diving into this topic, awesome but, show. but shouldn't be yeah. right. We just want to speak truth. So God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. If you're in the Lake Nona area and you need a, or the Orlando, Florida area, and you need someone to talk to know that we are close by and we're mm. here and Amen. we would love to, to be there for you. Mm. Amen. Truth. All right. Be blessed. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.